Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes. As always, we are presented by hashtag basketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Catron, and joining me again tonight is the man of the hour, Tyler Watts. How you doing, Tyler? Oh, I'm doing good, Mike. How about yourself? I am not doing too too terrible. Um, I've been following the dramatic Derek Rose uh, is missing Twitter feeds for the last uh, 48 hours. So that's been that's been very exciting. It's about about, about all I've been up to. Um, I I'd like to say I was up to something better, but I'm I just can't. Yeah, I guess I took a, a couple naps. That's been my highlight of the of of the week. I I got like two solid naps in this week. Oh, I have no I have I just have no responsibilities. Nap is the greatest thing in the world, though. Yeah, but it's screwed up. Now I'm staying up really late, and um, I'm really tired at work. So it's, it's a horrible cycle. <laughs> I uh everyone who has like real like children or responsibilities or anything like that's like just shut up just shut your face <laughs> all right I'll, I'll shut mine I, I won't I won't take it any further all right um let's just get right into it I mean we got um some follow-ups from some of the, some of the breaking news that was happening uh, during our last show um including the the Derek Rose saga um turns out Derek Rose had flown back to Chicago um, and there was some sort of uh, personal emergency, uh, and that's about as far as it, it's gone. Have you have you seen any other news or details about what happened? Um, not really. Um, I mean, although the Rose will ever say is it was a family issue, um, he didn't really. Um, Yahoo posted an article um, about six hours ago saying that. Uh, people close to him said that he was thinking about retiring, and now all he's thinking about is getting a max contract. So, uh, uh, I feel like YouTube's you, or Yahoo's grabbing for straws. That, that feels like a grabbing for straws arg- um, article. Just oh, like, I no oh, doubt. Yeah, um, the, I'm fully in the in the camp that the press really piles on Derrick Rose and in ways that they don't pile on other superstars. Um, and granted at times in some of the things that Derek has said, um, it's been warranted to pile on what he's doing, but you know, something like this, like you would think if it was something kind of routine or kind of normal that everyone would come out and explain what it was. But the fact that the Knicks organization, I guess this is the most important part of the news for fantasy um, they're going to find him. He's right back into the lineup. Uh, the Knicks still want to work with him. They still want him on the team. The, the, his teammates still want him on the team. And all those things to me are the more important part of this story was that something apparently very serious happened because this is a, a very unique situation. I don't think I've ever heard about this, something like this happening since I've been following basketball. And the fact that no one really wants to talk about it, it does sound like um, it Maybe it was something serious that just doesn't they don't want to air out. I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I think the thing that they're more upset about, and I mean, just like with any job, is like he didn't say, "Hey, I'm leaving." You know, I'm 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 not going to be there tonight. This is going on. I think had he gotten out in front of it like that, um, they probably would have just said he's absent due to a personal issue, and this whole thing would have been no story. Yeah, it's it's a bit unpro- uh, unprofessional. Um, for sure. And probably Derek Rose's biggest fault is that he's surrounded himself with uh, a, a, a group of people who doesn't seem to get how the system works. 
to, to does, doesn't really understand how the press works and and how to 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 work within the system that most NBA players currently work within and work within it pretty well. But um, I guess the most important part is that Jennings uh, back to the bench. It sounds like. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and Rose played tonight and and played the usual minutes. It seems like so. Um, feel free to drop Brandon Jennings. Yep, I think it was worth taking a flyer on him just in case because we no one knew, no one knew if Derrick Rose was going to show up in public ever again uh, two days ago. This has been 2017, already a very strange year, and that's just another check mark on how strange it's been. It's only the 11th. Still plenty of time to get stranger. Um, I wouldn't doubt that. The I think the other interesting thing that happened was Kyle Korver um, actually played in a in the Cavs uniform. Uh, what did you think about his debut? Oh wow! Um, well, Kyle Korver was Kyle Korver. Is that is that fair to say? Um, yeah, I he only played eighteen. That's where oh, we ahead, ended. Up, that's where we ended up. Uh, kind of thinking where he would he would be is like, yeah. What do you think about Kyle Korver on the team? He's still going to be Kyle Korver. And I think you're right. He was. Um, he only played 18 minutes, which you didn't like to see that. Um, but, I mean, I, I think he, he he just is what he is. You know what I mean? He's going to give you some threes. He's going to give you a little bit of this and that. But I don't think the minutes are going to be huge. And I, I just don't think he's really – I mean, he's like a stream guy in, in a standard league um, if you need what Kyle Corper gives. I, yeah, I, it's definitely not promising that in a game that was close that uh, Cleveland did lose – um, that he played 17 minutes when he had been hitting 25, 28, uh, even the occasional 30 with with Atlanta over the last month. Um, it look Cleveland's playing right now. Let's let's. I'm gonna go check that out real quick. But if his, if they're gonna utilize him more like they're utilizing Dunleavy, which was incredibly low, if not uh, rarely. And they're going to, I don't know, save him for the, for the playoffs or I, I'm not really sure. Or maybe they're just trying to work him into the system without messing up what they got going on right now. There's too many unknowns, I think right now to, uh, to really understand. And I think that's part of it. I mean, I think that they want to get him comfortable and, and get him, you know, get a few plays that they can, you know, run and know where he's going to be um, and get him in spots where he thinks he's going to be most successful. Not that they're going to run a great deal of plays for him, obviously, with the talent they have. But um, I think it's just kind of going to settle in for a couple of weeks at least, and then he'll probably get going to being his usual Kyle Corver self. Yeah, it's currently halftime. Uh, Cleveland is playing Portland. Portland is – Beating them, that makes me happy. Uh, Kyle Korver, 10 minutes over two. So um, that does put him on pace for, you know, a little bit above 20 minutes for the for the um, game there. But um, do you see this as um, Cleveland, you know, slowly bringing him into the rotation and that if you're in a league where Kyle Korver is of some significance, if he's not the at the end of everyone's bench, which I think – if you're in a in a regular stand, in a standard league, head-to-head or roto, he's probably on your bench. He's probably near the end of your bench. Someone maybe you feel like you can drop without you know any consequence. But if you're in a bigger league and he's in, and Kyle Corver is someone who would regularly start, uh, do you think that this is kind of a, a buy low time for him since this is a, a weird transitional period? Um, 
Yes and no. I think that in about a week, it might be. I think it's going to take at least that long for him to settle in. Um, but right now, I mean, I, I think I, I don't want to buy the week of him being bad. Yeah, the the risk – I think the risk is there that he is going to play 17 minutes a game and this is what you're getting. Um, and I think that risk is big enough to to wait and see versus um, moving on an opportunity to be like, all right, he's he's a uh, – his values dropped, but it's, it's going to come back up. Um, the sample size is still a wait and see for, uh, for any, anyone who's super interested in Kyle Korver. Totally agree there. Um, along with other news, I, I, we've, we've seen the second game. Um, it turns out, I guess it's not the second game because they didn't play tonight, but the bulls uh, will not, uh, will go out without Jimmy Butler again for the second game in a row. Uh, along with Nico, Nico is also going to be out. Um, what, both of these, um, they're going to be missing time due to the flu, due to an illness. So this isn't really a, a terribly long-term thing, but this could basically uh, show a trend of what you'd expect if there was an injury on the team um, to one of those players. Are you are you seeing any any value on on this team with someone like Butler? Uh, and Nico sitting sitting out these couple of games. Well, I mean, come on! I know you watched this game. I want to know what you thought about Rondo. I I have the same thoughts about Rondo that I've I've had since the beginning of time, which is he's horrible, and I hate him forever. You, um, you were cursing his name when he stepped on the court. I so this was like maybe the only only actually I'll, I'll reverse that. This was the only time I was kind of interested to see what he would do with the the opportunity to come back in after being sat on the bench, embarrassed, um, disgruntled, not playing, basically told he's he's not wanted on the team, to come out and be like, you know what, screw you guys, this is how good I am. And he came out and he played n- normally. Like he came out and played like a Rajon Rondo who shouldn't be playing major minutes played. I mean, if he's okay, he had six assists and three steals and twelve points. Great, that's that's fine. Uh, that's not starter caliber stats. It's not st- starter caliber usage. Teams still play off of him. He, they still don't respect him on offense. Um, Rajon Rondo is still Rajon Rondo. It's not like he. It's not like sitting out the last what five games has given him put any fire under him to become, you know, to, to maximize his potential. It just seems like he came in and played his normal game and his normal game just really isn't that good. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um, I think for, as far as tomorrow's game goes, um, I, I think that Dwayne Wade is going to probably have a pretty big game. I don't even know that Rondo plays since if Wade is back. Um, yeah. I think and, there's, there's been a couple questions and I, about Rondo and, Everyone's like, oh, ha, everyone said to get rid of Rondo. And look, he had the he came in, played 27 minutes. And obviously a lot of those people didn't watch the game because they, I think half of them didn't know that Wade and Butler were out. Um, also, Rondo didn't start in this game either. He still came in behind Michael Carter-Williams. He played less minutes than Denzel, Denzel Valentine, who probably should be getting the minutes over Rondo because Denzel Valentine actually has like an offensive game and at least some sort of – um, inkling of of of, of uh, you know potential. So I, yeah, go ahead. 
I'll, I'll say that Denzel Valentine rated as a really good rookie. Um, if you look at like, you know, if you look at translation stats from his college game, I mean, his college stats were incredibly insane. Um, now he's an older guy, um, but he could be relatively interesting for fantasy if he ever got the minutes. I just don't know that he ever really gets consistent big minutes without a big injury on this team. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've the I, uh, Denzel Valentine passes the eye test for me. Every time I see him come in, I see a rookie for sure, but I see a rookie making pretty decent decisions um, and uh, definitely an understanding of his, his place uh, on the court and occasionally just really not afraid to, to go hard uh, at certain points. I'm a little surprised he didn't get the start in that game, but he did play the most uh, minutes out of anyone not named Robin Lopez on the Bulls. So I see if already Rondo's sat out five games. They're pivoting towards uh, the future of the Bulls. Rondo's not part of that future. Denzel Valentine is. So I, you know, I, I don't see why Denzel Valentine won't start getting more and more minutes uh, as the year goes on because he I, he's definitely better than Jaron Grant. I, that's not saying much, but he's definitely better than Jaron Grant. I would hope so. I also liked. Um, Bobby Portis in limited minutes uh, played about 18 minutes. He had 13.7 rebounds and a steal and three three pointers. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any feelings about Bobby Portis outside of uh, his his crazy eyes and his um, his uh, occasional presence on the Bulls? Um, I would be interested in this guy if he ever got big minutes, but I just, again, I don't, I don't know that he's ever going to get the big minutes uh, necessary for him to be an asset in fantasy. Um, when he does play big minutes, um, I think that he's one of those hustle type guys and he could get you some decent points and decent rebounds, um, hit a couple threes and just in general, be a crazy guy out there on the court. Yeah. I do like the fact that he looks like someone like pickpocketed him at all times like where's my wallet like that's what how, how he looks at all 100 of the time on the court um that's my favorite part about bob uh, bobby portis he i don't think he's ever like been told been taught how to play defense and he is young but he misses rotations he misses he misses a ton of of just simple things things that doug mcdermott make him doug mcdermott on defense makes bobby portis look like he shouldn't be in the league. Like that's how bad Bobby Portis's defense is. And I think that um along with just the people ahead of him keep him from um from having any standard league value or even really deep league value. These this is kind of a weird um uh, moment where there's enough injuries and, and illness on this team to uh to get guys like this decent minutes. But um for the rest of the year and neither one of those guys I think uh pop into standard league relevancy. I'm with you. So um, that, that's about it for what's going on around the league. Um, I, let's go into our – this is probably going to be a, a regular segment. Um, is that just uh, trends around the league. We, we work, it's a name in progress apparently. Trends around the league. Um, we're going to basically go – take a a deeper dive, a deeper look into either a player or a team or just something we've, we've noticed that we're keeping our eye on. And that's um, it's not like, Oh, did you see that Kevin Durant hit seven threes? Like that's not a trend. That's just life. Uh, 
So for example, I'm kind of interested in the increased playing time from uh, Brandon Ingram on the Lakers. Um, it's kind of been piquing my interest. He's he's been getting starts. He's been looking better. He's young. He's he's the he's the, got that mold of um, kind of a, a a Giannis-esque type player where he's lengthy. He's kind of positionless. He's able to do things that someone of that size shouldn't be able to do. Um, and now it does seem that he's getting more playing time. He's he's getting the occasional start. The Lakers seem to want to develop him. They've already been doing that so far this season. Uh, what's your take on on Brandon Ingram uh, as the season progresses? Um, well, the first thing I'll say is he doesn't look like a real player out there on the court. He is the skinniest person I've maybe ever seen. And his arms, the only person's arms I've ever seen that are the same size at his wrist all the way up to his shoulder. Yeah. He's he's a st- full on stick figure, like it totally freaks me out. Um, as far he, as the recent, he, go ahead. Yeah, he's like lighter than Giannis. He's lighter than KD when they both came into the league, um, and that's probably his biggest detriment. Is that like those guys at least had some um, bulk to them, and Brandon Ingram doesn't have any, and that's that's I think holding him back at this point. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um... It's it's very interesting to me where his stats kind of end up. Um, in like the last two months, he's averaged almost no steals in in twenty two games. He's he's gotten literally next to no steals at all. Um, so that that's bad for fantasy. Um, if you break his stats down by month, they're just all over the board too. Um, now he has been shooting a little bit better, which is nice. Uh, I'm interested to see if he's actually, and I'll, I'll actually get your take on this. What do you think about his three-point shot? Is he going to be a guy who can consistently make three-pointers? Uh, I think he will be, um, but the main emphasis that is on Will. Um, he is so raw as as a talent, and he's he's definitely not put together incredibly well. But it, if you watched him at the beginning of the season and you watch him now, you can see the prog like you can already see the progress. He's make he does make better decisions. He is hitting um three point three pointers at a better rate than he started the season. I mean his the biggest knock on him is he can't shoot. He he's got a bad shot. And over the course of just you know a half a season, his shot has improved enough to to where he's he's warranted more minutes. On the season he's averaged um 27 minutes per game, which is quite a bit. He hasn't really done much with that at all in the last week. That's, that's bumped up to 30 and he's starting to produce numbers that that's you would normally see from someone who is NBA competent and, and playing around 30 minutes a game. So in the last week, which is an incredibly small sample size, 14 points, one and a half threes a game, four rebounds, Two assists, zero steals, like you're saying, that's a huge knockoff, uh, and close to a block a game. He's also shooting 60%, which is incredibly not sustainable. And um, his free throw percentage is um, hovering around 70%. That's it for the year, and that's also bad. Um, so, so here's my question, and it's kind of a two-parter. Mm-hmm. One, is he a standard league guy for the rest of the season? And two, if he is, 
can you buy low on a guy like this, given his name value and the team that he plays for? Ooh. The second question is a much harder question. Um, let me answer the second question first. The name value is going to hurt. The Laker being on the Lakers is going to hurt. Um, that that already that automatically bumps up the value of those players to where it's almost you're not getting any you're you're not getting a good deal. Period. You're not drafting them at the right spot because someone's always a big Lakers fan. Um, and if you go if you if you go out and look, you go to full season and you go uh, per game value. Only not one player on this team is in the top seventy five per game nine uh, nine cat value. Not one. Oh, too young. Make turn the ball over way too much for nine cat. Yeah, it's it's incredibly young team. No one's really doing everything. There's a few people who uh, do fit their roles, but no one's like a superstar. No one's doing everything. All the people who are jumping on the D'Angelo Russell's going to be an all-star bandwagon. I told them though, all they were foolish. He looked terrible last year, and I was like, "Well, Kobe was there. No one could play well with Kobe." Well, okay, I, I completely agree. Byron Scott and Kobe uh, probably hindered him, um, but that was. Br- Byron Scott's job to do so they can get their draft pick. Um, D'Angelo Russell is not an all-star. He's not going to be an all-star. He's not a fancy darling either. Uh, I know he's, he's been injured and and such, but he's shooting the ball much better. He's scoring a lot more, but he's not a, he's not a traditional point guard. He's falling into the uh, Kyrie Irving mold, which is not um, a great fantasy point guard. It's a good fan. It can be a good fantasy player, but it's not a great fantasy point guard. It's not Chris Paul. Um, so when you when you look at this team top to bottom, they don't have a lot of talent. So that makes me feel like if Brandon Jennings has the ability, he's going to rise to the top of this list because they're going to give him the opportunity. He's going to, I'd say down the stretch, down the second half of the season, I don't see why they aren't playing him 30 minutes a night. Um if he can reach standard league value, I think he will. Does he have – I don't think he has the potential to be standard league um, impactful. So he might bump uh, into a top you know, 120 player uh, uh, during the second half of the season. I think it's, it's feasible. Um, I'd say there's a decent chance actually because he's going to get the opportunity. He's not going to suddenly be like the 50th best player in the league – simply because he's he's starting. I don't see that happening. So at best, Brandon Ingham is a fringe guy, and I guess I'm not that interested in him after talking about it. Yeah, and, and I think that's the point. Is the, the, best, the main point to get across is I don't think he's going to produce enough value that if someone else already owns him and you're trading for him, you're going to give up too much probably. Because he's probably one of your couple worst players on your bench anyway. And the person who owns him right now, after what he's already produced, probably is going to want a higher price than that for him. Let's um, think about it in the sense of keeper leagues. Because I, 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 I'm in uh, a, key, a, a nice, long keeper league. Uh, and I know a few people who um, tweet me things occasionally are in keeper leagues as well. So for the real hardcore, um, value over the next 
four years. Is he uh, a Giannis waiting to happen? Uh, obviously, I think that's very way too soon to figure it out. But where he was drafted, his his raw potential um, is that someone is that the reason you're holding on to him right now? I mean, if if you're in a keeper league, are you trading Brandon Jennings? Are you getting are you leaving him on the waiver wire? Um, if I'm in a keeper league and I'm a rebuilding team, I want him because I think he's got a lot of talent. Do I ever think that he is a top 50 player? I mean, yeah, maybe eventually. I mean, he's only 19. I don't see him having the big breakout in the next year or two. I really don't see that happening. Yeah, it's it's it can follow a Giannis path because it, it took four, Giannis four years but it's hard to, it's now hard to compare anyone to Giannis since Giannis might be the best fancy player in the league. I'll um, totally agree there. So it's, it's it was fine to compare people to Giannis like 2 years ago when he was like a 70th player and he kind of he was a guy who you could see the talent there but you didn't know if it was going to come. And there's always there's always guys like that. Tyrus Thomas uh, was a guy who was like, man, look at the raw athleticism there. Look, he could be really talented. And he had like a, a really good uh, playoff series where he was like scoring from the outside. He was making all the right decisions. It was like, man, that guy could be good. Um, does anyone know where Tyrus Thomas is? Like uh, he disappeared off the face of the planet. And that could have easily happened with Giannis. It could happen with Thon Maker. Um, it could happen with Brandon Jennings. So uh, there's a lot of risk there, but. I would agree that if you're in a keeper league and you're not going for the title right now, it's a good asset to have. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you there. Yeah, at worst you could trade him for something. There you go. Because at least worth something. Are you uh, you ready for my trend? Yeah. Are what, you ready for what, this? what trend are you are you looking at over the last week or so? Um, I, it's it's actually kind of a simple question. Is Austin Rivers a standard league guy now? Oh. Austin Rivers. No, I, here's what I'll say. First off, I think this dude gets a bad rap because he's the coach's son. And there's a certain percentage of people out there who think this dude doesn't belong in the NBA. Like his dad's just letting him in the NBA, letting him play minutes. I feel like there's a certain amount of truth to that. <laughs> I, I feel like that's, that's definitely a coach's son problem. And I, but I feel like Austin Rivers isn't, it's not un, not undue criticism. How about that? I tended to agree, but in these last few games, he's been looking pretty good. So Blake Griffin is out, um, which has added some minutes. I know they don't play the same position, so it's not like those minutes perfectly translate. Um, so it, it has added minutes to Austin Rivers. His minutes have gone up since Blake Griffin is out. Um, it's half time, I'll say this: it's halftime of the game tonight. Okay, yeah. Chris Paul is playing now. Blake Griffin yeah. is out. Okay, he's played 17 minutes. Okay, he's got nine points, four assists, and a three pointer. Hmm, he's got some really, some really nice, nice games here. He's also got some really hard, just dud games. And that that averages out that averages out to a a solid player, not a great player. Like having great games and then having the occasional just crap game, it's frustrating. But on average, you're getting a a decent player. Um, 
is he taking JJ Reddick's role? Is JJ Reddick kind of on the downswing now? I, I think so, probably. Um, JJ's still playing uh, heavy minutes. He's hitting he's hitting threes at a decent clip. Um, he's not as as exciting as he uh, JJ Reddick used to be. JJ used to be a nice sleeper because of the amount of threes he hit. But ever since um, everyone in the league started shooting threes, uh, getting as many threes as JJ is now just pretty good, not amazing. Um, not exceptional. No, and actually JJ's looked kind of good over the last week or so as well. Uh, Austin Rivers. I've never liked Austin Rivers um, for – for not just the coach's son stuff, but just the fact that he he looked lost. He doesn't look good when he's playing basketball. Is his averaging of – I guess I have two questions. I think we know who Austin Rivers is. And when he's playing well and playing good minutes, I think he is standard league relevant. I think he can be a guy you, you put on um, on your team in a sta- in a standard league. But are you really getting any elite fantasy value from him? I don't think so. He doesn't. His, his steals and blocks are non-existent. His counting stats are, are are okay at best, if if not kind of mediocre. Um, what are you getting from him that's unique that you're not getting from someone else on the waiver wire that you're not getting from? Uh, Evan Fournier or Wes Matthews? Uh, is it just the fact that he's available um, and those guys probably aren't? Uh, I don't know. You're not getting anything special from him. And I don't think him playing thirty over 30 minutes a game is sustainable for the rest of the year. Oh, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I think that this hot streak, is, it's kind of something I might ride a little bit. I might pick him up and, and stream him um, for you know until the minutes start going down. But I don't think this is the guy who's going to have that sustained value um, going forward. But like you said, I mean, he's got games or he's had some really good games here in the last five or six games. So if he's available and you can get a couple good games from him, I'm all for it. Yeah, this is this feels like a a hot hand play. So you, if you're in head to head leagues, you you make him one of your better your better streamers. If you know if you're in a, a little bit of a bigger league, throw him on the end of your bench, stream him in until the hot streak leaves. Um, you should. We we've talked about this already, and I talk about it all the time. You should always have some leeway in your roster where you can drop a guy and play a hot hand from the waiver wire. And I think that's all this is. If I'm if I'm looking at the rest rest of the season value, um, and I had to choose between keeping Austin Rivers on my ro- uh, on my roster for the rest of the season versus not having him at all, I would choose not having him at all. I'm with you there. Cool. Um, let's not talk about Austin Rivers anymore. No, I think it's it's valid. I just, uh, man, I hate I hate Austin Rivers. I don't know what it is. It's a, it's a feeling in my gut. My favorite part about um, when the Clippers come to Philadelphia is the announcers in Philadelphia refuse to call him Doc Rivers. They call Whoa. him Glenn Rivers. Wow, I like that. Throwing a little shade. I respect that. I, res- I, I respect uh, announcer shade. Every time I hear it, though, I'm so confused. I'm like, "Who's Glenn Rivers?" And then I'm like, "Oh, wait." Is it like a new a new player? Is, <laughs> is his other son on the team now, Glenn Rivers? So yeah, that's a thing for all those wondering. Cool. So uh, if you are seeing trends out there, 
uh, or is there something you would like us to go to do a little deep dive in there? Uh, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Watch the Boxes, uh, all one word. And Tyler, what is your um, Twitter account again? Um, it's Watsy four 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 four. So it's my last name with a Y and then four number fours. Perfect. So yeah, uh, this is going to be a regular segment because there's a lot to talk about really all across the league. But if you have something specific you'd like us to talk about, uh, hit us up on Twitter and we will put that in one of our upcoming shows. Uh, Let's move on to the next segment, which is a new segment. Um, And it is intimately related with uh, an article you just wrote uh, on hashtag basketball.com. This is the buy low, sell high section, uh, the new segment of this show. And um, you just wrote a, uh, a column, and we don't have to uh, give it all away, but I did want to talk about it since uh, you put some work into it. Um, some, some top buy low trade targets going on in the league right now. Are you going to talk about that? Uh, yeah, you know, I think that it is kind of the, the second step. Um, I think we talked about this a little bit in the last episode. Um, it's kind of your second step to being a really good fantasy basketball player is acquiring people when their value is at its lowest point and selling off some assets at their highest point, and that's kind of how you're going to win some leagues where everybody's locked in, right? And everybody's paying attention to the waiver wire, and picking up those guys is really hard to do. Um, So I tried to outline five guys who I think their value going forward is going to be better than what their value is currently right now. Um, So, yeah, so, I I mean, feel free to ask me anything about the article or however you want to take it. Um, I, I'd actually, yeah, let's, let's, I'll take a, a couple guys off of the, uh, the article here. We can maybe go into something, uh, maybe I have questions about is, um, I'm going to go with Mo Harkless, whose name is Maurice, which I think I, I literally just found out. Um, I, I think I saw Maurice Harkless written somewhere and I was like, who the hell's that? Oh, Mo, Mo Harkless. Yeah. Yeah. Mo Harkless. Um, I just thought his name was Mo. I thought it was an awesome name. Uh, you have Mo Harkless here, and so um, I'll let you. I'll let you talk about how you how you feel about Mo Harkless, and then I'll I'll chime. In. Um, well, Mo Mo Harkless was probably undrafted in your league. Um, I talked about this a little bit in the article. Um, he I don't know that he was really drafted in any leagues. Um, so so far this year, he's been returning value right somewhere in the like sixty to seventy five range. Um which I don't think anyone saw coming at the beginning of the year. Um, now, someone probably picked him up, and someone's probably thinking, oh, I got some great value from Mo Harkless. But does anyone really think his value is even top 75 the rest of the season? I don't really think that the owner of him thinks that. And so I'm thinking if you offer a guy like, maybe your last starter, maybe your first bench option, like someone in that right around 100 range, you could probably get Mo Harkless off his current owner and you have a nice little kind of 25 player value there because I don't really see Mo Harkless dropping from where he is right now. Like if you look at those numbers, I really didn't find anything unsustainable in the numbers he's producing right now. So uh, I'm actually a, I'm a closet, uh, closet Mo Harkless fan. Uh, I liked him when he was in Orlando uh, for the same reason I like him now that he is playing in a starter's role is if you looked across the board and you looked at what he's capable of, he's, he's capable of a steal and a block a game um, and, and a three a game. And that's, that's really hard to come by uh, just in that, just looking at those three stats alone. 
a block of steel and a three a game is 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 across the board value, and that's what I I, I tend to um, I tend to go with that over you know someone who just hits threes. Someone like Austin Rivers. I'd rather have I'd rather have Moharkless than Austin Rivers. Um, and I'd also actually also agree that I've had Moharkless on my team and off of my team uh, a few times already this uh, year in a few of my leagues. Uh, I probably still have him on a few uh, bigger leagues. He's definitely returned great um, value from where where he was picked up, but he's in a bit of a slump right now. And that slump has been, I guess, longer than I I would like. He started off. He, I think he started off the league the the year pretty pretty hot, and then he's kind of f- slowly fallen off from there. I, I think he was out with a. Let me let me ensure that he was out a few. He was he, he missed a, a a couple games. I think he he was playing on an injury there uh, at the beginning of December, but his hot start is definitely tapered off. Um, so are you are you kind of assuming that this is a slump, and that he'll he'll return to his his kind of um, you know top seventy, maybe even top sixty value that he had at the beginning of the year, and this is a good time to buy low, like 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 we're saying, um, or do you or, or are you more leaning towards, you know, this is a guy that people don't like you're saying people don't respect Mo Harkless because he averages like ten points a game. That's not sexy. No one. That's not a sexy stat line. Um, and so maybe you can get value off of that just because of his name recognition. Um, yeah, I think it's probably more the second one. Um, I think he started off pretty hot, and I think he's been kind of cooled off here recently. And I think that the value is probably somewhere in between the two. Um, like if you look at his full season numbers, that's kind of what I'm I'm envisioning for him for the rest of the season. And those are the numbers that are right around that top 75 value that like, and I, I don't really think, I mean, the steals and the blocks are really what makes the value. I mean, I think you outlined that pretty well. Um, he's shooting a, a real good percentage from the field. Um, he's averaging like 11 and a half points a game. I, th- I think that's probably right about where it goes. And I think that this is a guy that just no one is respecting for the value he's producing. Yeah. He, he's one of those players that doesn't hurt you anywhere, but when you look at his box score, you go, you go, ugh, meh. nah. All right. You that's look- why I'm. That's why I'm buying them though, because you're going, I, ugh, and I'm. I'm getting them, and I'm. I'm having a top seventy-five guy, maybe. Yeah, those are those are actually my favorite players to to target in uh, in roto leagues. Uh, do you think his value is diminished in a head-to-head league, especially with uh, the way a lot of people play head-to-head leagues by punting at least, you know, two stats. Um. In, in smaller head-to-head leagues, yeah, it, it probably is a little tiny bit. Um, but in in larger head-to-head leagues, I think this is kind of a guy that you could get who just gives you some good value. Um, and I think that's important in a, in a league that's like 14, 16 teams deep. Cool. Um, yeah, I kind of um, I kind of agree with you. I'm, I've, I've talked about Mo Harkless probably too often on this podcast. Um, so hopefully people who are listening were are on Moharkless, but um, yeah, that's probably a good time to to buy low on him as well, uh, just due to his slump. Um, I wanted to talk about another guy in your article, and this one I think is a little bit more interesting, and I, I think you I'll let you make the argument. I'm not just gonna uh, read it back to you, but um, Derek Favors, uh, let's what's your assessment on him? 
Um, Derek Favors doesn't even show up. If you go to Basketball Monster, okay, or anywhere pretty much, and you look at what's happened so far, he does not show up on the screen anywhere. You can't find him. Um, if you look on ESPN's Player Raider for the season so far, he's the 252nd ranked player. Now, he was picked right around somewhere in the 40s, probably in your league. Um, he's been hurt. He's only played 24 games. They've been bringing him back slowly. He just finally played his first 30 minute, uh, over 30 minutes in a game just last week. Um, he's been getting a solid 25 a night. And I think this is a guy who is eventually going to get the 30 minutes every night. And he's going to be a relatively a top 50 player. But right now, he looks like he's terrible. Yeah, he... He's not coming back from this injury very well or impressively at all. And I know they're they're really, really easing him back at, into this after the injury. But before the injury, Derek Favors didn't look good either. Um, Derek, uh, Derek Favors was playing um, less minutes on this team. Utah's been winning without him. Utah has been... Um, Winning, and he's a he's a better player than most of the guys on their roster. I, I would have to agree that I, I don't think they have a choice. They're not going to sit him like they Bulls are sitting Rondo or anything like that. Um, but I'm not sure this iteration of Derek Favors is the same one we've seen over the last uh, couple years. Uh, over the last couple years, he's been a top fifty player. Last year in per game uh, ratings, he was uh, the 30th ranked player, averaging uh, 16 points, eight rebounds, a, a block and a half, and over a steal a game, plus the uh, a pretty good shooting percentage and not kill. He had 70% from free throw, so he wasn't killing you there. So far this year, I'm not seeing that. I haven't seen that player in. You're 100% right. This this is this is an injury. Um, it was a pretty significant injury. He was out about a month, and they're slowly, slowly playing him back into that. And you've seen a couple games. So against uh, Minnesota, he had a, a 15 and six night with three steals, two blocks. That's that's a lot more. That's a lot close. He had a three pointer in that game. Um, I don't think there's any. Is there anything significant about that? I, I haven't been watching Derek Favors. Anything significant to that three point? three-pointer you made or was it like a buzzer beater uh I'm, I'm thinking it was not significant yeah i i'm feeling that way too considering i um i don't think he's ever made a three-pointer in his maybe in his career uh that might be in his third three-pointer i'm not sure he's gonna play his uh, there's still a half a season left right um a little bit more even i don't think he's gonna play his way back into a top 30 type player uh i think you're the hypothesis that He's literally ranked nothing, and whoever owns him is probably incredibly pissed and still hates having him. Um, now, or you could go the other way. Whoever owns him has owned him, owned him this long that he's just willing to wait it out until something happens. Which, um, th- this is kind of where I went with the, the last piece of the article. I said, offer someone ranked right around pick 75, like the 75th best player, that, that value. Okay, that way the person thinks eh, I'm getting a pretty decent starter back. 
this guy's been terrible. I don't think he's going to give me anything. And then you bake in some risk that maybe he never gets back to the 30 minutes. Maybe he just isn't the player he was when he was like the 30th ranked player last year. Maybe he's more like 50 or 60. Then you're still getting some value from the trade. Yeah, and I think that that that, uh, that risk is in that trade. If, you, if you're going to give up someone who's um, ranked around 75th, you're you are risking the fact that maybe Derek Derek Favors isn't a standard league player anymore, um, but at least his potential, his ceiling is high enough to that warrants you to risk something like that. You know, his ceiling is you know top thirty players. So to gain something like that, you do have to give up something for it. Um, and I, I I definitely agree that he's a buy low candidate. Um, but I, I think people expecting him to be what he was last year. He's not this year. He's not going to be that player. Well, yeah, and I think that they just got a few more options with George Hill, and and I mean, not that Joe Johnson is anything great at this point in his career, but they've gotten a few more guys who can score the ball and and just play minutes. And so I don't necessarily know that he's going to be the top thirty guy, but I think he's probably you know, uh, chances are better than not that he's ranked somewhere from fifty to seventy five when he gets up to whatever his peak is this season. So yeah, that, that'll be interesting to, uh, to follow as the, as the second half of the season progresses. Um, you kind of alluded to um, giving trade advice. Uh, and to me, that's the hardest thing to do uh, with anyone who's asking for fancy uh, advice because you have to know so many details about the, that, that person's roster, the person they're trading with roster, uh, where they're at in the rankings, how big is their the size of their league, uh, who's how many centers do they have? Uh, it's you can spend an hour setting the table before you start talking about the trade. Um, but I've kind of like what you've done here in this uh, this buy low article uh, that does have more players on it, so everyone should go check that out on hashtagbasketball.com. Uh, I like what you did with saying, all right. I don't know what your team's makeup is, but here's a ranking I feel is fair. Uh, I think you think, hey, Derek Favors could be a top 50 player, So, and, but right now he's 252nd. So throw up a, a 75, uh, the 75th ranked player. I, I really like that approach to uh, trading. Um, and that, that, that segues, I think, generously into – uh, a segment we want to try to uh, figure out the perfect way of talking about trades um, and, and giving out a player. And I think we talking about it like you've talked about it uh, with a kind of throwing it into a ranking system instead of throwing it into a, uh, a specific situation is probably a better way to get through to, to just anybody. They can apply it to their situation however they feel uh, applies. You know, and, and I think that that's kind of why I went with it in the article is I just feel like, you know, every team is going to be different. Every league is going to be different. Maybe you have Derek Favors. Maybe you're trying to trade for Derek Favors. Maybe you're trying to get rid of Derek Favors. Yeah, uh, maybe you're maybe you're punting free throws. Maybe you're punting steals. Um, maybe your league, for some reason, uh, uses technical fouls and triple doubles. Stop doing that, everyone. Stop. There's no need for this. Um, so, yeah, so I think it's just a good way to say this is kind of a value. If you can get that value in return, do it. I completely agree. Um, let's let's actually take a player and um, 
I guess get a get a feel for um, who you know who would you trade for this type of player? What would be a a fair trade or what would be a good trade um, for the rest of the year for the second half of the season? And so one of the guys I consistently follow without any reason um, is Greg Monroe. Greg Monroe's in that really interesting situation in Milwaukee. He was their starter. They didn't want him to play anymore. He's come off the bench um, since the beginning of the season. He's played uh, seven minutes in a game. He's played 33 minutes in a game. He's back um, after really incredibly inconsistent playing time over the last week or so. He has averaged 29 minutes per game. Uh, rest of the season, uh, who who can I trade if I if you have um, Greg Monroe on your team? Who 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 do you want back for Greg Monroe? Uh, do I want a Jason Kidd player on my team? I guess that's the first question. Um, I don't necessarily Ooh. know that I trust Jason Kidd to keep playing Monroe. Um, I don't trust Jason Kidd with you know friends and family, let alone his rotations. So, um, yeah, like who knows so, what they want to do on that, on that Bucks team moving forward. So relatively speaking, what do you say Greg Va- or Greg Monroe has produced so far this season? Like in a range, what value anywhere from zero to the 450th player in the league? Um, I think he's been a, a lower tier, a lower half tiered, standard league player. His inconsistency has been um, incredibly detrimental. Um, He's, I put him in that 70, 70th range. So he's not a bad lower half player, but he's not hovering around due to his playing time. He's not hovering around the line where he could be a top half um, fantasy player. His ceiling though, I think is in that top half. He's, um, you know, not a great defensive player, but when it comes to fantasy, he does provide you with um, the stats, some pretty good stats, stats that you're looking for. He's a a steal and a block guy. Um, He has been in the past anyway, close to a steal, close to a block. Um, He's actually usually better than a a steal a game um, if he gets, you know, full on playing time. He's a good rebounder and he's a good scorer. And he his um, field goal is over fifty percent, so very good for a big man. And his three, free throw doesn't kill you. All of those things make him a very um, attractive nine cap player. And I think uh, in a in a starting situation, um, he's a he's a top fifty player. I'm I'm with you there. I think this is the guy who's better for fantasy than he is in in real life, maybe even. Um, in, in a lot of cases. Um, so if I want Greg Monroe from you, what am I willing to give up? Um, if that's the question, I'm willing to give up a, someone right around the 100 or below range, I would guess, because I think this guy produces more value than that. But I want to bake in the risk that Jason Kidd says tomorrow, Greg Monroe, you're not playing again ever. And I, I, would, I would have to... I'd have to counter argue with anyone who is for some reason holding on to Greg Monroe um, feels that he is, he's better than a hundredth ranked player. So this is, I think this is a tough trade. 
Um, but it, it, there is, like you're saying, there there is value there, but only if you can trade someone in that in that lower half, and and, and then take on that. You're taking on that risk. This is a this is a, I think a highly a risky trade for sure. Um, I think you could easily say, all right, Irsan um, Ilyasova for Greg Monroe. Would would you take your would you take Irsan Ilyasova for your Greg Monroe? No, I, I would definitely want Monroe um, because I'm not sure Ilyasova is going to play that big of minutes if Ben Simmons ever comes back, which is an if at this point. But yeah, that's not. a pretty that's a pretty good point with uh, the return of Ben Simmons. Um, looming over us all. Um, what about throwing out someone we've already talked about? What about Mo Harkless? Ooh, now that's a good one. Um, this feels a little. This feels a little bit kind of right in the wheelhouse. Um, I think I want Mo Harkless just because I think I there's safety in that. Um, now, if I'm in the bottom half of the league standings and I need to move up, I want Monroe because I think you could potentially hit a little bit bigger home run there. Yeah, you if you got nothing to lose, you know you're in the bottom of your rankings. You got to make uh, you got to start making riskier moves. That's just how fancy basketball works. You don't you can sit tight when you're at the top, and you can and you got to make um, you got to make your play. Especially now, it's about halfway through the season. Um, you got to make your play for uh, changing the trajectory of your season, especially if you have playoffs. I, I don't play with playoffs because I think that's really dumb. But if you like playoffs, and right on, more power to you. Um, your playoffs are looming; they're coming up quicker than than you think. So right now, you got you got to make a, a riskier move, and this would fall into a riskier move. You're you are a guy who is. Not lost to uh, Mo Harkless, someone who starts, uh, plays solid minutes every single night, um, d- isn't going anywhere. Even with the return of Al Farouk Aminu, he he continued to keep his role on Portland. Uh, for someone who has you know lost lost his starting job and uh, this year and lost a lot of minutes to John Henson at points in in, in this season, who um, John Henson's not. Not a full fledged NBA player, um, so that that inconsistency of Jason Kidd is is very risky. Yeah, and conversely, if I'm at the top of my standings, I might want the safety of Mo Harkless in just saying I'm I'm gonna make you know, especially in a head to head league, I'm gonna make the playoffs. I want to know I have some stats when the playoffs come. Let's um, I'll throw one more one more name at you, um, Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson, uh, kind of moving up in the in the in the in the rankings, playing a lot a bigger role in Miami. Um, is he someone you would be willing to give up for the possibility of Greg Monroe's breakout? Um, I'm, I think I'm keeping Tyler Johnson there pretty much, no matter what. Um, just because I think Tyler Johnson is a really underrated guy so far this year, and and I think that. With that Justice Winslow injury, I think he's going to get big minutes, and I think the production is going to be there because of that. Yeah, he's he's not going anywhere, and he's trending up, and that's something you do have to take into account. Um, I do like I, I do like your assessment of 
um, kind of like in that that ninety to hundred range, is the correct risk um, to to take on. Because you could get Greg Monroe and he's not fantasy relevant at all, or you could get Greg Monroe who's a top fifty player. And so somewhere in that eighty, ninety, hundred range, somewhere in that ranking, depending on your need to move up in the standings, um, that's probably where. That's probably the range. So what's the trade range for Greg Monroe? I think we found our segment. All right, nice. Cool. Do you, uh, do you have a player that you're let's, – let's, uh, one more player. Um, let's figure out their trade range. All right, let, let's do it. You got someone in mind or you want me to throw someone? Uh, throw somebody out. Let's just we'll wing it. Um, all right, let's see here. Um, this was a player we talked about a little bit before the show and a guy I am always deathly afraid to own. In my leagues, um, Bradley Beal. Ugh. Okay, now Bradley Beal is good at what he's good at, for as long as his legs keep him upright. He's due to not be seriously injured, right? But is he's, he? He's due to be seriously injured, and he's due to he's due to maybe like have one healthy season. Um, That's what I mean. So, okay, so Bradley Beal has been pretty darn good this year. Um, relatively speaking, for Bradley yeah. Beal. Um, so, what trade range are you giving up to get yourself some Bradley Beal? So, if I want Bradley Beal, I need I need points and I need three pointers because that's what he's actually good at. Uh, everything else, he's fairly he's not bad. So, it's like some players get threes and they get like zero assists. Um, Bradley Beal is averaging three and a half assists a game, which is super competent. That that doesn't hurt you. Uh, like someone who would get like 0.8 steal, uh, uh, assists a game, but, you know, average 22 points and, and three three-pointers. So Bradley Bill does have a lot more value than your standard um, shoot-first guard. I think it's, it's the, the players I don't like, this is the mold of the players I don't like. I don't like Austin Rivers. I don't like Bradley Beal. I don't like guys who just shoot and do nothing else. Um, but I mostly don't but, like Bradley Beal because he's been injured over every single season. But don't you think that the, I, I won't say average, but I, there is a segment of the fantasy basketball population out there that goes nuts for these guys. Absolutely. They love um, seeing 22 points on the board. Oh, that guy just scored 30 points. That guy's great. Well, um, Jabari Parker scores around that. Um, let's start there. Let's start someone who's ranked around Bradley Beal. Um, Jabari Parker? I think I'd rather have Jabari Parker. He's a lot younger. His health is a little bit more stable. His um, He does a little bit more than uh, across the board than uh, Bradley Beal does, but not not by terribly a lot. I think if I was trying to get Bradley Beal, halfway through the season, Bradley Beal hasn't had a major a major injury. So if I'm looking at it from a perspective of I need Bradley Beal, then I think you're going to have to give up someone pretty kind of close to um, Bradley, Beal's, Bradley Beal's ranking. I think you're going to have to, you know, throw out Harrison Barnes or Nicholas Batum because you're either, you're either banking that Bradley Beal plays the rest of the season. 
And then that, and you're hoping that guy is banking that Bradley Beal's about to get hurt and he doesn't. I think that's the only reason why you would take on the risk of Bradley Beal is that you desperately need a, points and three pointers, and the guy who owns him thinks he's going to get injured, and you think he's not going to get injured. And so, if you're sp- um, assuming he's going to play the rest of the year, well, then he's going to be a top fifty player. So if you, I think you couldn't give up. I don't like I don't like playing for uh, assuming injuries. Like, oh, I assume there's going to be an injury. If you're going to take on that risk, you know, own it. So I think you, someone like um, Tobias Harris in that range. Tobias Harris, Harrison Barnes, uh, Nick Batum, somewhere in that fifty to uh, sixty range. So you are taking on risk. So you should probably be sitting the lower person. But that guy who owns Bradley Beal is going to want an asset back. You're not going to be able to send him um, Ilya Sova or Wes Matthews. I mean, if you can freaking do it, but um, you're not going to be able to replace him with someone like that. I think you have to, uh, the the range for um, Bradley Beal is much, much narrower and closer to his, his current ranking. I totally agree. And if I'm owning Bradley Beal, this may be the moment where I'm trying to sell him for a similar ranked player with a safer injury history. Yeah, this might be a sell-high moment. Um, simply because uh, of his injury history. And quite frankly, he's playing f- 35 minutes a game. I don't know how his value goes up. He's not going to get any more usage. Well, And, and if you he's know playing the best guy. he's ever played. If you know there's a guy in your league who goes crazy for points and threes, now's the time. Hit him up. Say, hey, I got Bradley Beal for sale. Let's uh, let's maybe reverse this. If you were getting re- – so this is um, – instead of this being a guy we want, kind of, um, kind of like we were uh, trying to figure out the range of Greg Monroe, you kind of want Greg Monroe. You're not looking to get rid of Greg Monroe. You're kind of, but with Bradley Beal, you might be looking to get rid of Bradley Beal. So, what do you want back for Bradley Beal? Not what you're going to get back, but what do you want back? Uh, if you're trying to, if you, if you, like you said, if you find a guy who needs points and in, in three pointers, or you know thinks that's the most important thing in the league, what do you want back for him? I want, I want a top forty player. What I think I'm going to get is probably a player in that 50 to 60 range like you were mentioning. Um, but I'm okay with that because I don't think that the value for Bradley Beal is in that range the rest of the season if I'm, like me, thinking he's probably getting hurt. Would you say um, Eric Gordon is almost a, a one-for-one trade? That, that you're that, But you're walking away from the uh, some of the risk around Bradley Beal? Are you, though? Good point. They both have. They, it's almost like those are the same player. That's what I mean. I, I'm probably not doing Eric Gordon just in the sense that I'm not sure he stays healthy either. I, 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 for some reason, I trust Eric Gordon's health much more than I try, uh, trust Bradley Beal's health. Um, yeah, that would be pr- probably a net zero trade. So why would you do it? Exactly. Um, what about? Would you take? Um, Zach Levine back for Bradley Beal. A very similar, another similar player. I would, in the sense that I think Zach Levine probably stays healthier than Bradley Beal going forward. 
Um, and that role might change. So um, looking at Zach Levine's minutes played, he's playing 37 minutes a game. So he, he legitimately can't get any more usage um, or more playing time, but he could get more usage if they decide to move Rubio at any time during the season. So you do have that possible upside there. I'm with you. Um, what about Rudy Gay? Would you take Rudy Gay back for uh, Bradley Bale? Rudy Gay's been injured. The Sacramento Kings are a mess. But when Rudy Gay plays, I think Rudy Gay's criminally underrated. When Rudy Gay plays, he's a really good player. Now you're making me think about it. Um, I would probably want Rudy Gay back for Bradley Beal. Um, but I would not be super excited about it. Hmm. That's a, the sign of a good trade. No one's excited about it. That's a, that's a sign everybody met in the middle. I'm, I'm with you on that. A good trade for everybody, at least. Um, a, a better trade would be somehow you got Damian Lillard, but that's not going to happen unless you, you are um, playing with stupid people. So, yeah, I think that's um, a decent way to start the trade range uh, segment. Um, probably a work in progress. We got to, you know, it's, it's hard to figure out. This is it's the hard, I think the hardest subject to breach when it comes to giving uh, fancy advice. And I, I think I tried to outline that at the beginning of my article too. Um, if you guys want to hear a little bit more about why I think it's so hard and, and why I went about doing the article the way I did. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's just so hard to say, is this a good trade for me? I don't know. And I mean, that's usually really the true answer. Yeah, I really like your approach of giving at least a baseline of something that people can take and then apply to their own, to their own league or to their own settings or to their own team. Um, I think it's a it's a it's a good approach. Thanks, man. Um, so I appreciate you coming on and talking about this, talking about your article, which you can find on hashtagbasketball.com. Go check that out along with their uh, fantasy tools, their Twitter tools, and their NBA schedule uh, for weekly schedule for fantasy, which to me is the most. Um, useful thing i use i use that the most there's also other useful things on there too but oh that 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 tool is second to none though oh yeah i think it's the best one you can find on the internet so i'm uh, 100 behind you there so yeah uh where can we find you uh on twitter and is there anywhere else we can find uh anything you're uh, else you're up to um yeah you can find me on twitter at 1c4444 um i wrote about the Portland trailblazers for hashtag basketball and I write for a site called A Royal Pain about the Sacramento Kings. I I I, I like the name of that website. <laughs> I didn't make it, so but uh, it, it is very clever and catchy. During the um, the dark Bulls years, the the post Jordan Bulls years, I um, I adopted the Kings as my West Coast team, uh, simply because I liked Jay Will, and I liked Chris Webber, and I liked I liked that whole team. And I didn't like I didn't like the Lakers. I say, and them and the Lakers had that very fierce rivalry of like seemed like in the Western Conference against each other every single year. Yeah, that was um that was brutal. If any, I, I think the NBA is trying to block that video from going up, but I feel like uh, there's the what was the game six? I think the Kings somehow committed twenty four fouls in the uh, no they the. Lakers shot 24 free throws in the fourth quarter, including the time um, Kobe Bryant elbowed Doug Christie in the face and knocked him to the ground, and they called a foul on Doug Christie's face. 
So I, I remember that game. I distinctly remember that game. It was um it was I would say the heart of the David Stern era. I, I'll back you on that. So all you uh kids who don't remember just the 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 late nineties, which is the new uh, which is more and more people I, I keep finding out. Um, go scourge YouTube and look up that that uh, Sacramento Kings Lakers series. Some uh, really really a great rivalry when you think about it. And sadly, the only time the Kings were um, relevant, they've really um, had poor management after that. It's it's sad to see. Yes, it is. So you can find me on Twitter at Watch the Boxes. Uh, feel free to hit me or Tyler up. Um, with questions about fantasy feedback for the show. And if you like the show, uh, go out to wherever you're listening to this right now, give us a ranking and give us a review. It helps people uh, find the show, especially the reviews. It uh, helps us on the rankings uh, on iTunes or wherever podcasts are rank, uh, ranked. Or if you, uh, you can tell a friend, if someone likes fantasy basketball, uh, let them know about this. Uh, even if this is your secret uh, way of being better at fantasy basketball, um, Please tell a friend who's maybe not in your league. How about that? Um, yeah, so thanks for joining me, Tyler. Um, I'll probably be talking to you soon. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.